Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Hooked, the podcast where we give you all the hooks you will need for your tabletop role-playing games. My name's Tully Grimley, I'm one of our regular hosts here, and with me are some of my favourite people. To my right... Not politically, am I right, folks? It's Dom Gilfoyle. (laughs) And not using recycled jokes from last episode, to my left... It was a counterpoint to the joke from last episode. (laughs) Thematic for the long-term listeners. God! Oh, it's God. Guys, we have God as a, po- as a co-host here, guys. Wow. Fantastic. Nice to have you, God. Old Manny has ascended. Yeah. Wow. He has. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened before, uh, in, this, in this podcast, we come up with a, a number of story hooks based on a few different elements. But before we do that, I'm going to uh, throw the gauntlet over to Old Maddie for a getting to know you question. Because, you know what? I don't think I know this podcast well enough as a, as a host. Okay, so mm. I'm asking a getting to know you question. I think you, you are. are. Wonderful, wonderful. We don't edit this podcast, so try not to take too long. Mm, not mm. even a cheeky truncate silence? All no. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's vamping or nothing, baby. Okay, you can have any phantom mount you wish. What is your phantom mount? Phantom mount? My phantom mount. Okay, I, I really do... I love the idea of, even on land, appearing on an aquatic animal. I love the idea of just, <laughs> a, a, just a phantom swordfish. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> I don't know, that was just the first image that came to mind, and I'm, I'm sticking with it. I can see you you're having a great time, especially because the swordfish has a natural kind of, like, bibbidi-bobbidi arch. Exactly. So, you, you know, you're, you're it's, just swishing it's through the levels. It's got that <laughs> locomotion going. Uh, mine is uh, shouting one out to my my Morrowind fans out there. The Elder Scrolls Three. I, I I will be riding a Netch, which if you played Morrowind, it's these weird, tall, creepy. Like, I remember Netches. Yeah, like that. Ooh. That is the that is the fast travel system in Morrowind. It's pre fast travel, so you have to pay to have someone lent, like rent out their weird, long tentacled carapace bug thing. Uh, that make these haunting cries across the landscape somewhere. Every now and again, you just hear a... And you might not even know the entire time you play the game that that's what the sound of the Netch makes. But yeah, that's Ooh. what I'm riding, baby. It looks it looks like a giant tick on stilts. Sure. <laughs> yeah, the, they, they, they genuinely, in Morrowind, the, uh, the ecology of Vardenfell is very much like this is an alien fantasy world it is completely not how you not a generic fantasy setting it's great is it deliberately lovecraftian because that's what i think do you know i i haven't played morrow in looking at it that way but i i suppose there are some there are certainly some things you could you could read into it like because there but there are like instead of trees in some places there are giant mushrooms that sort of thing Mm. yeah 
What a great game. It's a great Such game. Such great world building. And how about you, God? Uh, well, I'm a classical kind of fella. Uh, I've I, noticed. <laughs> uh, I'm a sucker for a unicorn, and I want that unicorn to have wings. So a winged oh, unicorn. A, 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 like a pegasus with a horn. Pretty a, much, From yeah. another angle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I think, I think I've got to know what's, you, what's at the, least enough what's for the this thing, Sorry, we, like someone is screaming at the thing. What's the thing in, in My Little Pony when they've, like, there, are, there, are, there are unicorn pegasus as well, I feel like. like is a, that's totally it, a thing. Yeah. I would be very surprised. It doesn't seem like a very unique idea, yeah, but I like Pegasi and I like Unicorn, yeah. so I just wanted the best of both. And Alicorn, that's right. Oh, yes. there you go. Yeah, I didn't watch My Little Pony, but I knew there was a thing that some someone in our fandom was probably like, it's an Alicorn. Shout out to the bronies listening. And uh, thank you for including that niche market in our, in our listeners. Um, everyone's no, welcome. niche podcast. <laughs> everyone's welcome. Uh, not everyone is as welcome as others. Uh, so... So in this animal farm here, folks. (laughs) So in this podcast, uh, the way we come up with our hooks is based off an image, a word, and a classification. So our image usually comes from a Magic the Gathering card. Do you want want to describe what the card we have today is? I'll go this time. Uh, What we have today is a card. It's a legendary enchantment tree creature hyphen god which is just a great start. It's called Clothis, God of Destiny. It is one ma- one neutral mana, one red, one green. It's basically, it's kind of like, looks like how you might depict like a classical god sort of thing. It's got elements of the, of, ju- of blind justice going on, but also a, a motif of a, uh, a constellation drawn over the top of it. Uh, it's like a woman, a blindfolded woman with horns, on her on her head and shoulders, two sets of horns on the head. In one hand, she's got something that could be a set of scales, and in the other, she's got a scepter. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's very nice art. It is lovely. So this is uh, art by Jason A. Engel, mm. um, and it looks like a stunning design. I I don't know much about Magic the Gathering. I assume this is some sort of special classification. Oh yeah, art. I mean, I I have not played in a long time, and I'm not aware of what the deal uh, is. With this is gods. a legendary enchantment creature god. Yeah. Um, it's a 4-5 Indestructible As long as your devotion to red and green is less than 7 Clothis isn't a creature Christ I've never played uh, when devotion has been a mechanic So I don't even know what that means Who knows Yeah. Um, and our word for today is Opposite Opposite, Opposite. Uh, They attract, don't you know And Welcome <laughs> to Sesame Street uh, So one other thing that we will use That we will talk about once our hooks are underway Is that each of us has a little card that talks about the category that we're going to be fitting into. For example, I'm sitting here looking at clothing or setting. Now, mm-hmm. does anybody have the start of a hook for me? I have the start of a hook. He's got the start of a hook. I got the start of a hook. So, at some point in uh, in your in your campaign, there has that the the function the prophecies have been a thing. There are prophecies in this world. There is divination. There is all that sort of thing. And then at one point, when you're let's say you're You've, you've seen a prophecy, you've had a prophecy read to you that the prince is in danger, he's going to be assassinated, and you, your characters, they, the party, they will rush to save the prince from being assassinated, only to see the prince is being, has, the prince is like watching on in confusion with a crowd of other people, as the, assa- the would-be assassin has been gored on the tu- many tusks of a strange beast of burden. Hmm. And that's the beginning. That's the pledge. I do love starting with a scene. Graphic. Mm. I love it. <laughs> yes. Mm. How about you, old Maddie? 
All right. So it's a it's a month, let's say, of darkest night, and it's generally considered like the, um like a solstice of like the time of destiny. You know, it's when the night is darkest. It's like a black mirror for a celestial black mirror. And it's time for everyone to kind of reevaluate, stay in, kind of figure out how they like to exist, how they want to go forward with their lives. Right. And so this is New Year's resolutions amped yeah, up. Pretty much. And as the party's journeying around, they notice a bunch uh, that certain flowers, violet flowers, they're blooming and glowing violently. Violets violently. And thank you, Mr. Word Sandwich. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Please, um, Mr. Word Sandwich was my father. Call me Word. <laughs> And that's... Deli- call me delicious, damn it, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? Call me podcast. Um, <laughs> um, and that's where we'll end the, the cheeky pledge. Sorry for the sound distortion. I'm all over the place. <laughs> it's okay. We don't edit this. <laughs> Tully. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, imagine, if you will, a town square Ooh. in the middle of a woodland town. This is a fairly dark and enclosed place. Not much sun reaches this... Uh, reaches this little little, uh, hamlet. But right in the centre of town is a statue. What appears to be somewhat akin to a statue of of justice, of the... That that is the correct term uh, that I'm using, yes. Statue of justice. Lady justice, there we are. Or blind justice. Uh, And holding her scales and her scepter is Lady justice in the centre of town. But this seems a bit overrun. Uh, The statue isn't clean. In fact, it's, it's covered what appears to be some sort of dust, cobwebs, silk, some sort of strands of fibre all over. doesn't seem to be uh, looked after, but the locals walk by, watch on, and that's the start of the hook. Is the quest to kill all spiders. So I'm going to change my, uh, my category <laughs> here. <laughs> yes, my hook is an item. It's, uh, it's a bug spray <laughs> and, and a lighter. Use them together and whoosh. All right, so... In the aftermath, at like the party is just like, is the is the prince all right? Everyone checks, and the there is there's just a bit of pandemonium. The the prince is rushed away to be you know secured in case there are more assassins. And in the in the chaos, even if they were really watching closely, the beast just disappears. And then there is another prophecy that says that the prince or someone else is like basically another prophecy happens and. The next time, let, let's 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 come up with a prophecy. Let's say there is a prophecy that a great that a, a great flood will happen because the uh, a a dam will burst far in the north, and the party like rushes out to try to try to warn this to, to try to warn this uh, this town, and then they get there and they see the beast is plugged to the dam with its horns. And they're just like, what is going on with this thing? But it's like the villagers just like they 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 reinforce the dam, the beast just like, and then like, so that once again, and uh, they, and the uh, the, uh, the the townspeople maybe they they try they capture the beast, they put it in a pen, and but the, the beast disappears again. And this increasingly this keeps happening. And I, I guess this is also going to be have to be a campaign where you're just like, hey, there's lots of prophecies happening for this to be a thing that works. But you know. It's up to you, but yes, the, this this beast appears to be just continuously disrupting prophecies from mm. that that are, that are from coming true. And uh, uh, the the name of my hook is is screw the rules. I have horns. I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with screw the rules. I have horns. Thank you, Dom. I like it. So, Maddie. Yeah. Would you like to continue? 
Would I? Yes, I would. <laughs> All right, so it's the mid of the month of destiny, and it has become apparent that these flowers are now coinciding, or not directly coinciding, but the stars are now, especially the North Star Polaris, is glowing obscenely brightly. And it becomes apparent that if you pick these flowers and plant them uh, opposite the stars of the constellation blooming uniquely from Polaris, um, it starts to like create a rumble in the ground and perhaps lead you somewhere new. Um, I like it, but it's very specific. The isn't like the yeah. sequence of events required. Do you think this is like a nature sort of check, or do you think this is something that a druid might be might yeah, figure out sort of thing? Yeah. yeah, a druid or maybe like a kind of a wizardy kind of arcane kind of mm. check, but. Sure. Yeah, so the, this is something to do with your your knowledge of magic yeah. or of nature. Yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah, it's, a, it's a good thing to tie into someone's abilities. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And if if you're like say an old martial party, maybe you'll, there'll be an NPC you throw in who's like, "Hey, I have a, a wise theory." Wise old druid. A wise old druid, old Jenkins says you need a. <laughs> Well, you think my name's funny just because I'm a druid and my name's Jenkins. I'll have you know my father's name was Jenkins and his father's name was Jenkins and his mother's name was Jenkins. <laughs> Precisely. And uh, you gotta go get these violent violets and plant them opposite the, the Polaris' constellation. They say it's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I kill the old man. <laughs> So, do we have a name for this one? Yes. Okay, I, cool. I, totally. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had it. Good question. Po- Thanks for asking it. Uh, what was it? <laughs> I broke so, the so, Matt- <laughs> so, Maddie, for the second episode in a row, you can you can wait until the end of this this lot. Thank um, you. I had it and then I lost it. But as penance, it's not like next we're an enormous tangent or something like what? <laughs> as penance, next episode you're going to have to give us a name in the first part. It's gonna have yeah, to happen. That, that's fair. That's fair. That's rough. <laughs> Our producers just handed uh, Maddie a pen and paper so that they can remember what oh, it right, is right. they were thinking. Right, right, right. <laughs> I was thinking, what is this? why are you giving me this word? It's not what I want to call it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, looking upon the centre of town, we're seeing this statue completely covered in silk and wondering why the, the townsfolk don't seem to be cleaning it off, don't seem to be you know, uh, looking after this, this statue. So they ask, of course, the locals... What is the deal with this? Why why are you leaving this in disrepair? They would tell you, no, sorry, we that isn't in, in disrepair. This is this is our our god. And she brings us the finest of silks. And this is what we oh. use. I'm sorry, what what is this go on. this face for? I like it. Yeah, go on. <laughs> she brings us the finest of silk. She attracts the uh, the worms. And she I'm getting a very pained looks from across the table. Um, I'm just picturing what's happening. Go on. She brings us the worms, she you know, guides them to her light, and she weaves it into the most stunning of fabrics. This is this is how we survive. This is what we have. Uh, I can show you if you like. First so they you show get you. the worms, then you'll get the silk, then you'll get the women statue. Go on. So they, they take you to the local seamstress, who shows you this marvellous work that she's done with a silk that seems to shine, not like a pearlescent shine, not opalescent, opalescent either. This seems to almost defy the light that is hitting it. It seems to 
reflect not what is around you, but what you could see in the stars on a clear night. Uh, and this is called celestial silk. Lovely alliteration. Sorry, how do you spell celestial? Shush now. <laughs> no, as in like in terms of pronunciation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I think there is a word for that, BS. Um, what's the name of your cookie? Souls Polaris. Souls okay. Polaris. Nice. Um, my prestige for uh, Screw the Rules, I Have Horns, is that it becomes apparent that uh, you know there people are talking, oh, this, this beast keeps appearing and it keeps preventing all these terrible prophecies. And then a new rumour starts spreading that we were prophesied the best harvest of grain we ever had in these regions. And then we woke up one morning, there was this bloody great multi-horn thing eating the entire hot crop. We're ruined. We're going to starve this winter. And uh, so that iteration was slaughtered and they ate it. Uh, and I said that, that iteration because then the following, the, the following month, a prophecy, another prophecy was interrupted by a beast. And what is happening is that these creatures kind of have come, they are, inter, they are interdimensional basically. Uh, they have come to this plane because they are attracted by the prophecies and they are fed by the disruption of the threads of prophecy. Uh, and by disrupting by disrupting the threads of prophecy, that's how they're sustained. It's yeah, uh, and now that's uh, that's kind of and also animal is my uh, is my thing. Basically, this is just kind of a a wrinkle to the world. It's maybe not even like a quest line, although you can certainly make it a quest line if maybe someone is just like we want to kill all of these beasts because they're making it very difficult. Because for this setting, apparently there was a lot of prophecy going around before this. Uh, but yeah, basically, this is a, this is kind of I, I think a, a wrinkle to your world is that every time there's a prophecy, in all likelihood, a beast will appear shortly after, shortly before it is supposed to be fulfilled and disrupted in some way, and that adds a bit of chaos to the world. So I like this. So may I ask? Because yes. this is fascinating. If a player was prophesized to be the chosen one in, a, in this high fantasy setting, would a beast come at, like try to gore them? At like well, kind of in a Moby well, Dick I, setting. Uh, the, well, the first the first in- iteration was just um, uh, the assassin being gored. That's just one way it could happen. That's true. Perhaps the perhaps the um, the the prophesied hero is prophesied because he will kill someone, and then a beast kills that someone. Mm, like right. he he is going like I'd say he, this character is just like this is the one that will defeat the great uh, the great dark lord in the north, and then it's like. Would you believe it? The great dark lord in the north got pushed off his. T- he just he got pushed off his tower by a fucking ram or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, that it's that's one way that it could screw with your world a little bit in a in a weird little way. Also, uh, as a thought, mm-hmm. is this uh, prophecies that are destined to come true, or can any any person prophesy prophesy something? And... Legitimate prophecies. Okay, I would, yeah. I would say actual legitimate prophecies because that's what they're attracted to, and what sustains them is their disruption. So, so like, you would have to be actually using yeah, divination, uh, or yeah, mm-hmm. what, or whatever in in your version of this universe. Yeah, like the uh, you know a gifted seer that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, my idea is that these creatures have just kind of been attracted across the planes because prophecy because prophecies become become prevalent in this world, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, that's kind of that's drawn them here. I do quite like that. Yeah, and it, it's it's something that you could go half a campaign without drawing on a single prophecy. And then the first prophecy that you use, you can bring these things in. Yeah, it's, like, it's one of those things, and like, and that's not even that crazy of a thing to do because you know in D and D, it's just like, oh yeah, there's divination, there's prophecies. That's that's not a crazy thing to bring in late in the game. Exactly. So, yeah, that's my idea. Thanks, Matty. Yes. So in a similar vein, it's not like a ubiquitous main quest. Like this dark kind of month would happen every year, but 
if you know you listen to old man Jenkins or your divination <laughs> wizard or whatever, you'll decide to plant all 22 because there are 22 stars in the picture, are kind of flowers opposite the constellation. And upon planting all 22, the 23rd star will appear in line with uh, Polaris. Mm. And this 23rd star is opposite a temple. Once you go into this temple, booby traps may ensue. And what I like about the previous bit with the 22, planting the 22 flowers, is it encourages the players to explore not just like the world and like kingdoms and stuff, but just the natural kind of world. And you could really throw some really nice, really beautiful forestry and cliffs and subterranean kind of things at them. And then they go into this temple and within it, maybe after booby traps, DM's discretion, they find the statue of this god of destiny. And it's a great treasure, enough to fund any passion. And in it is a single sharp diamond of glass, just simple glass. But when you touch it, and you're following your true purpose, your true north, it turns into a ruby. And then when you're not following, you're, you're like going against your passion and you're, you know, you're settling for something you don't actually want, it turns into a jet. Interesting. And this becomes the soul's Polaris. It's your little star. Hi. Uh, yeah, that's, that's something where the, character, the players themselves will also have to like roleplay interesting. Mm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Although I did have a thought, which is that the constellations move based on... The times, at least mm. on on this earth, I'm not sure. Mm. Like setting by setting, you can change it. Well, that's why it's specifically to this month. Mm. Mm. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I, and also like not to not, not not to suggest this as an alternate, but as like an, mm. a slightly alternate interpretation. I like the idea of there being another like Polaris is the guiding star, and then like there's Polaris's twin or opposite, or maybe it maybe like having that as the the way you shouldn't go is like. Is, is like a nuance to that is like a cute uh, I like that mm. yeah that's cool yeah there's a lot of storytelling potential in there as mm. well which I do love with a hook rather than hey here is a a, a narrative yeah yeah hey, here is a, a thing to do this is like hey here's something that builds upon the world yeah that's fine. and both of you have actually brought something really nice to the table on that mm. big fan it's a good show we're good, good at this yeah. my god <laughs> <All right>. stunning <laughs> so uh, upon finding this incredible uh, silk that seems to almost uh, show you the antithesis of what, what it should be giving you rather than light. It shows darkness. It shines out of nowhere. Uh, of course, you're taken by it. Now, the locals, obviously, ex- existing in a, uh, a sort of forested area, they have something that they need from you. They could be that they're beset by bandits and can't export their silks. It could be simply that they need somebody to guard them against the creatures of uh, the creatures that lie outside but whatever it is they can promise you no real monetary reward but they can give you some silks and uh, as you as you travel uh, you find that the constellations that you can see they change they shift they actually do reflect what would be above on a clear night uh, so this celestial silk allows you to navigate even if you can't see the stars um, does it still reflect that in the daytime? Yes, cool. in the daytime, underground, um, wherever. And that's, yeah, sure. I'm looking at one that I haven't seen before. This is a freshly crafted by our uh, producer and fellow host, Sensi Weber, um, is clothing. Yeah, I nice. dig that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Fantastic. It's, it's a good way. It's a good, that's a, an interesting way to, to start including that sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like, I've, I've, one thing I've got into recently is magic items that are not necessarily stunning plus, magic yeah, or, or plus to a stat yeah exactly yeah. something that has a functional purpose that can be used in certain circumstances or if you're clever 
and that's yeah. that's what I like about this. Cool, that's fun. Um, there's obviously some world building potential as far as these this you know lady that they have, um, or as far as the worms that come there, how they arrive. Um, that's yeah. up to how you want to build it. I think. I think the way that I would build this is the that. Uh, one night that this is how some a member of the party notices that the stars are going out. Aha. Uh-huh. They just like just sees like look just like they're they're trudging along single file and then they just see uh, one of the stars on this fella's cloak blink out. Mm. Yeah. Now that's a great way to take something relatively mundane in a high magic mm. setting I- into a portent of something huge. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. Uh, and so that brings our lovely podcast to a close for another week. Um, if you are listening, uh, please feel free to use your uh, use our uh, hooks in your games, but please be aware that Hooked Podcast is produced under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international license. Uh, this means that you're free to share and redistribute the material in any medium or format if you give appropriate credit. Do not use the material for commercial purposes and do not remix, transform, or build upon the material in any way. Copyright for the original stories remains with the authors and may not be used, duplicated, or changed in any way without specific written permission from the authors. Uh, what that means essentially is that you can use this in your private games, you can talk about this to your friends, share the podcast around, but if you are using this for an external project, please contact us and give credit to the authors where appropriate. I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you all. Uh, once again, I've been Tully Grimley. You can catch me on ho- on uh, Dungeon on Deep hooked, Dive. Yeah, yeah, on Hooked. Catch me on Hooked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And on just Dungeon Deep back. Dive, uh, where we talk about uh, specific aspects of fantasy world building and do a bit of a character corner. Um, where can we catch you, Dom? Uh, my name is Dominic Gilfoyle. You can find me on the Mist Home Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality. I am the writer, producer and performer on that. And it's a fun uh, anthology, fantasy, sci-fi sort of storytelling thing that I make. Uh, as of this release, I believe that there will be a little bonus episode foreshadowing what's happening in the coming season, releasing soon. Stunning. And how about you, Maddie? Well, you can never catch me, Tully, for I am the wind, as I mentioned last episode. Mm. But you can find me on Delicious Word Sandwich occasionally when I get around to it. You don't own me. And you have a, uh, a rather bohemian release schedule. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you very much uh, once again for everyone listening. Please feel free to write in, share some art with us. We'd love to use uh, some suggestions for our upcoming episodes. Mm. And until then, keep playing games. So what mountain were the stones in the walls of this specific monastery mined from exactly? Wait, can my character take a dump? What's the governmental structure of every town in this entire Which magic using class is like the most attractive? How do these people know how to make tunnels under their town when all they do is farm Why does the genie always me? refuse to make people fall in love with me? Like, if who hurt Poison him? rules are the same for every player race. Does that mean they all have can the my same character have a pet? system? Ooh, can that pet have a pet pet? Are your players asking too many questions? Do you really know how your world works? Don't you wish there was a podcast that made this whole thing easier? Come on over to Dungeon Deep Dive, your favourite fantasy world-building podcast. Whether it's tabletop RPGs or creative writing, we do the research so you don't have to. Find us on your podcatcher of choice or on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram on at Dungeon Deep Dive.